A few weeks ago, introduced you to the Sherpa, who is an expert climber that people hire to help them climb the world's highest peaks. The Sherpa is someone who doesn't just point the way, but they go along with you. They help you to navigate the chasms and, and give you the, the, not only the, the direction, but they help you with the skill that it's going to take for you to get there. And, and we uh, are looking at this idea in the sense that you and I are called to make disciples. And that means that we're not just supposed to point people to the top of the mountain, but we are to help them climb along the way. We are to form relationships with people, to see them as an opportunity that God is calling us to, to help them make the climb. We don't just tell people, I'd like for you to come to church sometime. We don't just tell them, I'm praying for you every once in a while. Man, we are called to be gospel Sherpas who come alongside of people and help them grow and develop in their relationship with Jesus Christ. So we have guests who come to Liberty every single Sunday. There are some looking around. There are several of you here today. We're glad you, you came today for the first time, especially on this Memorial Day weekend because the service times are all changed. So, so welcome. We are glad that you're here. But I want to challenge the rest of us who are here week to week. Are, are we treating people like we're trying to get them on a ride at Six Flags? Help them get seated. Help them be comfortable. Hoping that they enjoy the ride so much that they come, up, come back next week. And I think that a lot of times is our mentality in church. But that is not what Jesus talks about when he talks about make disciples. It's not just providing information about Jesus. It's about forming relationships with people, not pointing them to the top of the mountain, but helping them to make the climb. And our example of that is a guy in Acts chapter 9 named Ananias. And he becomes a gospel Sherpa of sorts for Saul. Saul is a man who is on his way to persecute the disciples. By the end of Acts chapter 9, he becomes one of the disciples. Man, he has this incredible conversion to Christ and in which he meets Jesus on the, the way to the Damascus road. And now he's in Damascus, and this man is sent from God named Ananias to come alongside of him and help him become a part of the people that he was looking to persecute. So each week of this series, we're kind of taking different characteristics of Ananias' life. Last week, we we looked at what it means to be a disciple. The Bible doesn't call him a Christian in Damascus. The Bible calls him a disciple of Damascus. And we talked about there, if you're going to make disciples, you have to have a growing, maturing relationship with Jesus yourself. You can't give to other people what you don't receive yourself. But this week, I want us to look at the aspect of Ananias is a man who is spiritually sensitive. He gets the Lord's leading in his life, and he goes and he does 
what God tells him to do. Look at Acts chapter 9 and verse 10. Again, it says there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And here's the, the part that I really want us to focus on today. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias, and he said, here I am Lord. Ananias heard the voice of God. He caught a vision of the next step of his life of, of what the Lord wanted him to do. And I would think that hearing something like that piques a lot of spiritual curiosity. Without raising hands, I think it would be safe to say that every single one of us in this room would, would probably say, man, I'd like to hear God's voice. I'd like to know exactly what he wants me to do in some decisions that I'm trying to make. At the very least, I'd like to know why a couple of things are happening. If he can give me a vision of, hey, what's going on here? What's taking place here? What's, what's the purpose of all of this? I think there would be a lot of curiosity about this topic. And that makes Acts chapter 9 particularly intriguing. Because you have not one man who hears from God in this chapter of Scripture, but man, you've got two. Saul has a confrontation with Jesus on his way to Damascus. Ananias has this vision who tells him to go and meet this man Saul. This is, this is spiritual activity at a, a real high. So who wouldn't like to have some interaction with God like that? Some real clarity about some things. Now, at this point of the message, you might expect me to throw some gas on the fire of that curiosity in you. Yeah, man, I would like to be like an Ananias where, man, the voice of God just explodes in my life and, and I get a vision for what he wants me to do. And if he'd give me a vision like that, I would go and do it. And you want me to take some gas and throw it on that fire and boom, I mean, it just absolutely change the rest of your life in how you walk with God. But I am not going to throw gas on that fire. I'm going to throw a bucket of cold water on it. And those of you who know me well, like, dude, Brian, you do that to me all the time, right? You're just, you're kind of the Eeyore of my life. And I'm sorry I'm sorry to be that guy today, right? But I'm, I am. I'm going to take a, a cold bucket of water and I'm going to throw it on you right now. And I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to tell you, chances are you will never hear from God like that. Two amazing encounters that we see in Acts chapter 9, you'll probably never experience something like that. I'm not going to tell you it's impossible. God can do whatever God wants to do. But I am telling you that it is not probable. And, and I know there's lots of examples in the Bible of encounters like this. I mean, I would give you Moses. I'd give you Samuel. I'd give you Isaiah. I'd give you David. You've got Saul and Ananias right here in one chapter of Scripture. We see encounters like this all through the Bible. That is true. But I would call your attention to this. Given the population of the people in the Bible, 
that are around those prophets or around Samuel or around David. I mean, there are nations of people. There are cities where the the church is moving and developing. And relative to the population of the world and of Christendom, at the time these things are happening, the amount of people who actually hear from God are very minuscule and few. And I would also call your attention to this fact, that those in the Bible who did hear from God like this, it generally didn't go well for them. They were persecuted. The prophets were killed. Most of the time, these people hear from God, and God's telling them to do something that that they know is not going to be well-received. And so, man, I want to tell you, to hear from God like this is a hard life. Notice that God tells Ananias, Saul's going to, he's a chosen instrument of mine. I'm going to show him how much he's going to suffer for my sake in getting the, the gospel before Gentiles and before kings. Usually a word from the Lord like that precedes a very hard life. But here's another perspective for you. Maybe we don't need fuel for the fire. Maybe you just need to push the gas and get going. I think that's more the problem. You don't need an explosion of God speaking in your life. You You're sitting still at some green lights right now of what God's telling you to do. You know, last night we went to a concert down in Atlanta. We stayed with my my daughter Morgan and her husband Cameron, and we drove back early this morning. So we're coming through Marietta, and we're trying to get here. And and we're three cars back, and there is this dude at a a green light, and he's just sitting there, y'all. He's just sitting there. I mean, for like a while. Man, trying to go to church, right? (laughs) But we've all been there. Man, they're sitting still at a green light, right? Uh, uh, Several years ago, it was late one evening, and I pulled up to that intersection at the bypass in Cleveland Highway, right there where the drugstore and Starbucks and all that stuff is right there. And if you, you know that intersection well, because it's one of those intersections where there's about nine different options on each road of, of things that the red lights have to sort out. And so the red light only changes about three times a day right there, right? You're, you, you pull up to that intersection, you're going you're gonna to be sitting there a while, right? You know it well. And so I pull up and I'm about the fourth car back and I'm in the lane to kind of turn left and go down, you know, toward Glenwood and all that kind of stuff. And and I'll just go ahead and confess to y'all. I pull up, red light, fourth in line, grab my phone, start scrolling Twitter. Scroll, check, red. Scroll, 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 check, red. Scroll, 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 scroll. Check. Only to see in the distance the taillights of that car that were in front of me disappearing in a left turn 
underneath that red light. And before I could push the gas, it went yellow, red. And I felt so alone. I mean, I was just, I was sitting there by myself, y'all. But I think a lot of times that's what's happening to us when it comes to our relationship with God. We're not paying attention to the green lights that are already there. And so what, what I want to submit to you this morning is what makes you different from Ananias is not that he got a vision and heard the voice of God. That, that's not what you need. What, what would make you like Ananias is that when God gives you a green light, he got going. And if we would just learn to do that, and so very quickly this morning, I want to give you some green lights, I want to give you some yellow lights, and I want to give you some red lights in discerning God's leading in your life. How to discern God's leading in your life. So let's talk about some green lights. I would go back to the passage that Shannon read just a few moments ago, John chapter 14, and in this passage of Scripture, there are two massive green lights. And by the way, in your sermon notes, it says John 15. It's actually John 14. I, for some reason, I have trouble with numbers and getting that right. I did that to you last week. But it's John 14, verses 15 through 31. So two massive green lights at every intersection of your life are the Word of God and the Spirit of God. The Word of God and the Spirit of God. Listen to what Jesus says here. He says in verse 15, If you love me, you're going to keep my commandments. And then he says, I will ask the Father. He'll give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because neither sees him or knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and he will be with you. And so in this passage of scripture right here, Jesus weaves together, man, I'm, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm, he's, to set this up, he is about to ascend to the Father, right? He's, he's going to go through the crucifixion, the resurrection, then he's going to ascend, but he's letting them know, here's how it's going to work after I'm gone. The Spirit of God and the Word of God. Do what they say. Those are green lights in your life. Man, if you ever want to pull up to an intersection and it's always green, this is it. The Bible and God's Spirit are the express lane. There's, there's no stops. Just go, right? So, so he's telling us we, we need to pay attention to what God has said in his word and how he leads with his Spirit. So you have Scripture. And I want you to think about this. You have something Ananias did not have. You have the completed canon of the Word of God. Ananias, we have one recorded incident of him hearing from God. You and I can hear from God anytime you make time to sit down and read what God has said. You can hear from God anytime you want to. You, you, can, you can get all the information that he wants you to know about him, about salvation, 
about his will, about the church, about how to treat people, how to raise your family, how to stay pure. Man, all that word of God is right there. You have a massive green light in your life to do what God says. And let's, let's just go ahead and admit this. 99% of our life exists right there. That if we would just ask the question, what does the Bible say? It would answer 99% of the situations where we're trying to figure out what God wants us to do. I mean, that's it. Most of our life exists right there. So I would encourage you to just do what the Bible says. That is a green light in your life. The other thing I would tell you, though, is you have the Holy Spirit of God. Illumination. Illumination is the way that when you are in the Word of God, He helps you to read it, to understand it, to receive it, and then to go and do it. We see this in verse 26 of John 14. The Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He'll teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Verse 27, peace I leave to you, my peace I give to you. Now as the world does, I give to you. Let your hearts be let your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. And man, he goes along and he assures them. Shannon says all the time, the Lord leads with his peace. Man, you're, you're reading the word of God. You're, you're praying about what God would have you to do. You've got that, that receptive heart like Ananias. Lord, here I am, send me. That's the attitude we need to come to the word of God with. What do you have for me today? So... Our, our men are in a summer study, and I would encourage you, I mentioned this last week, but the very first video of that summer study, it's on web, it's on our YouTube, it's on our Facebook page, it's on our website. It, it's not just for men, it's, also, it's for anybody, women too. You, it's, it's about men. You need to hear the voice of God and go do what the Lord says. And it's about hear, reading the Bible and hearing God speak and just some ways to slow down and get in that moment of spiritual discernment so that you can go, okay, I see that. I need to work on that, and I'm going to go do that. So illumination is a way that the Spirit works. Another way the Spirit works is sanctification. Sanctification. Holiness. The Bible says that, that the Lord's Spirit produces fruit in our life. Love, joy, peace. Gentleness, kindness, long-suffering, patience. Man, and listen to this. Here's a green light. You read Galatians chapter 5 about this. Against such there is no law. It's an express lane, right? So asking the questions, is this going to help me grow in my holiness? Is this going to be a distraction in my relationship with the Lord? How would the Lord grow me into Christ's likeness in this decision? All those things are green lights in your life. We need to be like Ananias. Here I am. What do you want me to do? That's the mentality of a disciple maker. I think a lot of people just make it way too hard. They are just, it's, it's paralysis by analysis, right? So you walk out there, we've got the everyone matters wall. There's, there's, gobs of pictures of people that we baptized last year. There's people that we're building new pictures of this year. We're going to be baptize at the end of the service today. We're excited about that. 
And we had a member, he's no longer in our church, but we had a member who was really passionate about discipleship. And I appreciated that so much. And I wanted that to kind of catch with a lot of people. But he kind of got aggravated with me one time. And he's like, he, he finished up with some people he was discipling. And he's like, hey, man, give me some more people to disciple. Who do you have for me? And I'm like, I, I mean, there's a wall full of people right there that we've baptized. Who? No, no, no. Like, who do you? Well, he, he sees nothing but red lights. He's thought, well, I'm done, right? And I'm, and I'm looking at green lights. I'm looking at the wall going, man, pick one of those people. <laughs> get to know that guy. Get to know your wife. Get to know that lady. Walk alongside them. Quit just pointing them up to the mountain. Man, you got a green light. Listen, if you would look around even this morning and want to take the Word of God and do what it says and make disciples, there's someone sitting in this room that you could apply the Word of God to, get to know that person, start to walk alongside of them instead of just helping them find a seat in the ride and hope it's exciting enough to come back next week, right? Man, if a, a disciple maker is like Ananias in that he's looking for ways to apply God's Word. You've got massive green lights to go do what the Bible says. Yellow lights. So there are those times when we're on go, but we need some discernment. We, we need some intervention, maybe some provision. Maybe there's some circumstances of things happening, and you're going, is this from God or not, right? You see some things happening that are unusual, and you're wondering, is, is this of the Lord or is it not of the Lord? You need some yellow lights here. And, and here's two yellow lights that I would give you. One is prayer, and the other one is God's people. Prayer and God's people. We see this come together in Acts chapter 13. They're trying to to move the gospel forward. They're trying to get a word from the Lord of what to do next. And they're together and they're praying about this. You see this relationship of these people. And look at verse 2. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. See, they're seeking the Lord. They're, they're in yellow light mode. They're slowing down. The Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Now I want you to notice this. The Holy Spirit says it, but notice the mode they're in. Verse 3, after fasting and praying, they, they continue to do what they're doing to make sure that they're on point and discerning clearly what is being said to them. After fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Man, there's God's people coming together in prayer, seeking the leading of the Spirit, and he goes, all right, green light. And they go. And there's, there's some things in your life that you need to slow down with prayer. I just need to sit on this for a little bit. Maybe I need to get some other people around me. And we need to pray about this. And then I would give you another yellow light. And that is people. God's people. Maybe they say some things. Maybe they, they counsel you in some things. You ever had one of those experiences where somebody walks up to you and it's just like kind of out of the blue and they say, man, I don't tell you. I don't know what it is, but God's leading me to say this to you. 
And I've had some experiences in my life where I felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to send a scripture to a brother to encourage him in something that was going on. It's really cool. That happened a couple of weeks ago, and I talked to that guy, and he's like, man, that gave me a lot of leading. There's a lot of cool things that are happening because of that. And I was like, wow, that's great. I'll tell you this, though. There's been some times in my life when I felt like God was leading us into some things, and I totally missed it. I thought the Lord was leading in it, and it, and it wasn't. There's some things that I look back on in 30 years of ministry, and I go, man, where did I miss it right there? Because that did not turn out the way I anticipated it would go. See, so there's a word of Scripture for this. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 20 and 21. Listen to this. He says, do not despise prophecies. In other words, don't become like this jaded, skeptical, all the time kind of person. This isn't real. God, don't, don't take on that attitude of it's, it's good for nothing, right? So he says, do not despise prophecies. But listen to this. Test everything. You hear it? So all right. Man, I received that. Let me think on that. Let's pray about that. Let's get some counsel on that. Let's, let's see. Hey, hey, here's the thing, guys. If, if the Lord's leading in it today, he'll probably still be leading in it in three days from now. Just chill, right? Just, just slow down a little bit. Test it to see whether it is from the Lord. And then listen to what he says. Hold fast to what is good. Don't despise prophecies, test everything, hold fast to what is good. That's a pretty good three-step process right there, how to receive something like that. When somebody walks up to you and they say something like this, man, I'm, I'm not just going to cast it off, but I'm going to sit on that for a moment and think through that. Let's make sure it's in the Bible. Let's make sure it's good counsel. Let's make sure it's wise. And I'm going to grab onto what's good in that, and then I see the green light, and I go. So there's just some yellow lights, prayer and God's people. Let it slow you down. And then here's some red lights. I'd give you three very quickly. Red lights, what you are about to do is not scriptural. That is a massive red light. Bible tells you not to do it. It doesn't accord with sound doctrine. Massive red light. God's never going to lead you to sin, ever. It's not scriptural. Red light number two, it's not prayerful. You're not really praying about it. You're not in that mode of seeking the Spirit, of sitting and, and looking for His will. If you're not praying about stuff, man, hey, listen, I, I, I'd really hit the brake right there. And I'd just sit at that red light for a moment, I'd start praying about it, right? So it's not scriptural, you're not being prayerful. The third one would be this, you're not listening to counsel. You're not going to God's people and, and just getting some wisdom. Man, I want to tell you, one of the great things about liberty is we have some great people of God who can give you a lot of wisdom on a lot of things. I'll take Larry Kaler sitting over there. Most people think Larry Kaler is certifiably nuts. I know y'all think that. That's an incredibly godly man right there. And I'll tell you, I... I I love his counsel. I love his wisdom. I like to listen to what he says. Mark C., sitting right over there, man, our spring place camp. That's a wise dude, y'all. That's a wise dude. Wes, that guy right there. I, I want to tell you, you want to figure out maybe some things, some, 
some do this, maybe don't do that. There'd be a good conversation to have right there. Man, that's a guy that's got a lot of wit. There's a lot of people in this room. My wife, man, go to, you want to listen to somebody who knows the Lord, who's in the Word, who will pray about some things? Man, Shannon is that person for you. There's, there are a lot of solid people in this church who can give you a lot of wisdom. Listen to their counsel. If you're not listening to counsel, is it scriptural? Are you being prayerful? Are you listening to counsel? If you're not, I want to tell you, massive red light. And you may blow through some intersections, but there's a crash coming. Stop. It's got to be scriptural, prayerful, listen to counsel. Let me ask you to bow your head, close your eyes with me just for a moment. I want to ask you to consider some things in closing this morning. The first one being this. Are there some decisions that you're trying to make about some things in your life that you, you need the leading of the Lord? Man, he has not left you an orphan. He has given you his word. He's given you his spirit. He's given you his people. Are you listening to those things? Are you seeking the Lord in those things? Maybe you want to come and Grab some people with you to pray about some things this morning. The Lord's leading you in. But I would encourage you with this, man. You, For a lot of things, you, you, just, you don't need an explosion of God's voice. You're just sitting at a green light with your foot on the brake. Push the gas, man. Go. You got some green lights. They're already there. Go for it. But maybe you're here this morning and you're like, Brian, I don't know the Lord. And I want to tell you, here is a huge green light for you. Repent of sin. Turn by faith to Jesus. He died for you. He rose from the grave. The first most important decision you need to make on a way God has clearly spoken for all of time is through His Son, Jesus. He is the Savior of the world. Repent of sin and be saved today. You need to hit the green light right there on that. So I want to pray for you. If you're here this morning, you don't know Christ as your Savior, there are going to be some people who are standing down here and you go to them and they'll take the Word of God. They'll show you how to be saved. We'll open up the altar if you want to come and pray about some things going on in your life. There'll be some people come pray with you. But Heavenly Father God, we thank you, Lord, that you lead us, you speak. Help us to be like Ananias, spiritually sensitive to the opportunities and the people that are around us where you have given us some green lights to go to work. It's right in front of us. Help us to see it, Lord, and to say yes to your leading. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand together? If the Lord's calling you to come, you come on right